You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A happy Monday to all of you. A lot to get to like usual here on the show. We kick off another theme this week, looking back at some of the greatest what-ifs in BYU sports history. We'll talk about that. Get you some updates on the BYU basketball program. They add a high-level score as a preferred walk-on. Speaking of Mark Pope's program, we'll also talk about some of the transfer portal updates with regards to that. And Matt Harms, one of BYU's recent additions, thought to be an NBA prospect next year. We'll talk about that as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor. That is our good friends over at Built Bar. Candy Bar Tasting Protein Bars. They're absolutely incredible, guys. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and save yourself $10. We're glad to have them on board. And also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit as well. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 11th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast. Love talking all of the different things going on in BYU sports with you guys each and every day. If you're new to this podcast, like I like to say all the time here, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. Make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify. The subscribe button is if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or essentially anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. Make sure you follow along so you never miss an episode of this show. We love talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. All right, kicking off today's show, let's talk some BYU basketball. An interesting uh, story that came out over the weekend, or I guess late last week, was that the Rookie Wire, which is part of the USA Today uh, Sports Wire Network, came out with their 2021 top 60 prospects for the NBA draft. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, who from BYU is considered an NBA draft prospect in this upcoming class? Well, it's none other than Matt Harms, the graduate transfer from Purdue who will join the BYU basketball program this coming fall. Here's what USA Today rookie Wire had to say about this. It says, Matt Harms will transfer from Purdue to BYU for his final year of NCAA eligibility. Excuse me. He shot 61 for 47, which is 79.2% within five feet of the basket, which ranked in the top 10 among all players with as many as opportunities. His block percentage at 12.8% ranked eighth best in the 2019-2020 season. Uh, his prediction via Bart, via Bart Torvik as part of the rookie wire here is that he will average 11.6 points, 6.8 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. So this would be an uptick in terms of the numbers that Matt had while at Purdue. I think this is actually a very positive sign for BYU because now they can point to the different things going on uh, with their program, speaking of Mark Pope and company, and say, look at this. We have a graduate transfer who decided to come here. We're going to do everything we can do to make help him get it to the NBA. We beat out programs like a Kentucky and a Texas Tech for him to commit to us. We've got a lot of things going here, and we're hoping that it continues to keep things rolling. 
I think that Harms is an NBA prospect simply due to his ability and his size. You can't find many seven foot three guys who move as well as he does. Uh, you can think of guys on a handful of guys who move that 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 well at that size and the best of them are in the NBA do I think Matt Harms is going to become a starter in the NBA no I don't think so but I think he's very capable of being a second unit big guy for the right team if he can prove this year at BYU that he can hit the three with consistency and in higher volume numbers it only makes him all the more valuable to NBA teams because anymore you have to be able to shoot the three regardless of position in the NBA if you want to be considered a guy who is a rotation player. Very rare, and I'm speaking uh, to this as a guy who covers the Utah Jazz heavily, does a guy like Rudy Gobert get away with not being a consistent three-point shooter in this day and age of the NBA? What Rudy lacks in his ability to shoot from the perimeter, he makes up for in a myriad of other things. His block percentages, his just his defensive standout numbers. There's not. There's a reason why a guy like Rudy Gobert is a two-time defending defensive player of the year in the NBA. Matt Harms is not that type of a big. He has a good block percentage, like I said, a 12.8%, but he is not the defensive stalwart that Rudy Gobert is, but he has something that Rudy doesn't have currently in his arsenal, and that is the ability to shoot the ball out to the collegiate three-point line. If Matt Harms really does prove that he can be, take a jump this coming year at BYU and shoot at the same level that I say like a Yoli Child showed this past season for BYU, it makes him infinitely more valuable to NBA teams. And you can guarantee at that point he becomes very much a guy who is considered to be an NBA draft prospect. According to this, the Rookie Wire, they have Matt Harms as the number 48 prospect, so solidly in the second round as of right now, but there's still a long way to go here. I think this is a big season upcoming for BYU basketball and even bigger just individually for a kid like Matt Harms. He's got one season to prove what he can do in a higher volume than what he showed at Purdue, and he showed quite well at different points during his time as a Boilermaker, but he's expecting to come in here, and we had him on this podcast. He says, I want to earn more minutes, and the coaches told me if I'm uh, proof capable of uh, picking up those extra minutes, I'll be given them. If he can play 30 plus minutes a night and prove that, hey, his numbers stay commensurate with the playing time he's rewarded in terms of the averages, etc. Yeah, there's no reason why he won't be an NBA draft prospect. And I think it'd be a feather in the cap of BYU, let's say Yoli Childs, who looks like he's trending towards potentially being an NBA draft pick or at least a two-way NBA player this year. If you have two guys like that on your roster two years in a row, that's a good sign for the start of the tenure of Mark Pope, and it only helps them as they continue to recruit and try and bring high-level talent into BYU. Uh, Another addition to the BYU basketball program came in the form of Tanner Hayhurst, who committed as a preferred walk-on to BYU this past weekend. He's out of Eagle High School up there in Eagle, Idaho. It's a very it's a powerhouse program in the Boise area there in Idaho. They put out all kinds of talent all year long. He's a six foot six swing man, mainly a guard out of Eagle High School. He's expected to serve a church mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, he will average twenty two points near on nearly fifty percent shooting this past year. One of the top scorers in the five A ranks for Idaho, which is at the top level of high school basketball in that state, and. 
I think this is a great pickup as a preferred walk-on. Uh, we've talked about a number of guys recently for BYU basketball joining the program. Well, six foot six, you can't teach that in terms of a guard and the ability to score the basket. I think you're getting a guy of Hayhurst caliber as a preferred walk-on. That's a solid addition, and looking forward to see what he can do. He's expected to be back from a mission if all goes according to plan, because obviously right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, there's a lot of unknowns with regards to missions, but expected to be back in time for the 2022-2023 season, speaking of Hayhurst, and I think this is a good pickup. I think BYU should be pushing, similar to football and basketball, for some of these guys that may be called quote-unquote fringe prospects. You may not think, okay, right now they may not be capable or worthy of getting a scholarship offer but can we get this guy to come to campus be a member of the basketball program and if he does prove worthy we'll give him a scholarship I think it's a fantastic way to go about it guys like Hayhurst will naturally have a will have an interest in BYU due to the fact that he is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's planning on going on a mission, and I think that that is only a benefit to what BYU is trying to do here in building up this uh, program. And I think in additions like a Matt Harms as a graduate transfer, a kid like Tanner Hayhurst as a preferred walk-on, they only help bolster the depth for BYU, and I think it only will benefit them down the road. Here's hoping that all goes to plan, that all these guys stay healthy, because obviously injuries can derail everything. But the nice part is it looks like BYU is on track to have a pretty solid roster in the coming seasons with the additions of guys like Matt Harms and Tanner Hayhurst. So congratulations to both Matt Harms and being named as a, as a top 60 prospect in the NBA draft process going into 2021, as well as the addition of Tanner Hayhurst as a member of the BYU basketball program. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to start off our, a new week, a new topic in terms of what we're doing here on the Locked On Podcast, the greatest what-ifs in BYU sports history. I've got a great topic I want to debate about Taysom Hill. Yes, we're going to talk about Taysom, and we'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, as I mentioned in the open, our, our title sponsor here on the podcast this month is our good friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and I'm not even joking. This morning for breakfast, I had their salted caramel, caramel, depends on how you pronounce it, their salted caramel uh, bar, and it was absolutely phenomenal guys they have 16 amazing flavors eight of them are chocolate and nut flavored eight of them chocolate and nut free flavors so if you are allergic to nuts well guess what they've got the opposite for you they can get you taken care of there all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew this is not no longer your old school power bars where you felt like okay I need a gallon of milk to wash this thing down these things are, taste absolutely incredible and they are absolutely phenomenal for anybody in their life Regardless if you're trying to uh, lose weight, maintain weight, or even gain weight, uh, they can help you out here with Built Bar. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber. For example, if you have their peanut butter brownie flavor, which I had last week, which is absolutely phenomenal. I need to reorder that one. 20 grams of protein, just 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. These bars, they're absolutely incredible. I can't say enough about them. And the best part is, is Built Bar is a local company here in the state of Utah. So when you're spending your money with Built Bar, you're supporting the local economy. So that's an added incentive for those of you listening to this podcast. What you need to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com, guys. Absolutely incredible company, a local company. 
company. But guess what? The protein bars that actually taste like a candy bar are a legit possibility. And that is our good friends at Built Bar, a proud sponsor of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, guys, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, over the next two weeks, we're looking back at the greatest what-ifs in either franchise or program history. And seeing as we're a college uh, podcast, well, guess what? That opens it up a little bit. If you were a team like the Utah Jazz with David Locke and Locked On Jazz, well, guess what? You got one team to look back at some of the greatest what-ifs. The nice part about covering BYU is it allows me to cover the depth and breadth of BYU sports. We're going to look back at some of the greatest what-if questions when it comes to BYU sports over the next two weeks week so hopefully you guys will stay involved with this feel free to weigh in with your thoughts if there's a what if question you would like answered here on the podcast we're happy to fill them i'm happy to field it so make sure to send it in follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at locked on cougars love to get your guys's insights there also feel free to follow me at jacob c hatch on twitter you always can weigh in with the show via email locked on byu at gmail.com so i wanted to start off today looking about about a what if on the football side of things and that is what if Taysom Hill stays healthy in 2014 obviously Taysom Hill is kind of the toast of the NFL right now expected to become the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints at some point down the road here over the next year or two whenever Drew Brees decides to hang it up but during his time at BYU many of you will recall this it's not hard to recall because it's just in the recent past is that Taysom Hill suffered not one not two not three but four season ending injuries as the quarterback at Brigham Young University granted one of them came in 2016 right at the tail end of the season which ended a season he had one game to remaining I think in his BYU career at that point but these these injuries just piled up and absolutely derailed what at some points looked like a very promising career and I think what we're seeing in the NFL right now with Taysom is kind of a fulfillment of what I think a lot of people saw in spurts at BYU but never saw consistently of course Taysom Hill in his lone healthy season where he played all 13 games started all 13 games That was 2013. He completed 53.9% of his passes for 2,938 yards, 19 touchdowns against 14 interceptions, which was not great. It was not his greatest outing as a passer, but also added 1,344 rushing yards that season along with 10 touchdowns. He was a true dual threat. Now, coming off that 2013 season, the hype for BYU very much was building, and the Cougars went into 2014 and got off to a very quick start. Many of you will remember this because it's it's not hard to see because BYU went on the road to Connecticut, won that game 35-10. to Then famously, they went to Texas and absolutely crushed the Longhorns 41-7. to Taysom was lights out in that game. Many of you remember the leap that he had uh, during that game and just an absolutely curb stomping. Then BYU entered the national rankings in 2014 on September 11th as they hosted Houston at home for their home opener. They won that game in a thriller 33-25. to They followed that up with a game against Virginia winning that one 41-33 and then disaster struck. BYU went into their annual rivalry game against Utah State at home, ranked number 18 in the country. It looked like the Cougars were going to be flying high and a special season was potentially in the offing for BYU here. But then Taysom Hill gets dragged down by Brian Sweet awkwardly and come to find out he had fractured his fibula or broken his leg 
and he was done for the season at that point. That sent BYU into a little bit of a tailspin where they lost their next four straight games. They sit at 4-4 four and four come the end of October after, a, after getting beat by Boise State 55-30. to 30. Then BYU, to their credit, bounced back with four wins in the month of November, uh, beating Middle Tennessee State, UNLV, Savannah State, and then uh, at Cal to finish off the year with a 42-35 thriller. So they finished the year 8-4 and four in the regular season, then lost to Memphis in the Miami Beach Bowl, which was marred by obviously that infamous brawl, Kainakua uh, with the punch, etc. But what I'm looking back here at this juncture is what if Taysom Hill stays healthy this season? What would have happened for BYU? I'm telling you guys, on that schedule, you look at what happened for BYU. Uh, they, if they, I think they beat Utah State if he stays healthy in that game. I think they were absolutely rolling. Then the remaining schedule. I look at it, and I think the toughest games on the schedule there were probably UCF and Boise State, which were two games, both road games. You had to go to UCF. You had to go to Boise State in the month of October. You also had games against Nevada, UNLV, Savannah State, and Cal at that point. Cal had not become what they have become. Jared Goff was the starter there, but they were not a very good program. They had no defense, and that's why BYU won that shootout 42-35. to I think that if Taysom Hill stays healthy during the 2014 season, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not being controversial here or st- stepping out on a limb because I think a lot of people have shared the sentiment. I think BYU has at least 10 wins in that season. Uh, they were absolutely rolling. He was doing, he was at the peak of his powers, it felt like, going into that game against Utah State. Like I said, he had come off his first healthy season in a BYU uniform had put up phenomenal numbers despite a lackluster passing percentage and too many interceptions, but he's off to an extremely good start during the 2014 season. And it looked like, Hey, there's something going here and there might be an opportunity. Uh, During that 2014 season, he racked up 460 rushing yards with eight touchdowns in just those four games or four and a half games, I guess I should say four and a change. He'd already gone at 66.7% passing. That was a, 13 point increase in terms of the passing percentages. I uh, had seven touchdowns, the three interceptions. It looked like Taysom Hill had finally broken through and had truly become a college quarterback and was very much going to be a guy that BYU was going to enjoy a special season with. But then obviously that broken leg derailed everything for BYU that season. And it just makes you look back and say, you know what? BYU fans have been waiting for a long time for one of those quote-unquote special seasons. You think back to 1984, you think of 1996, you even think of the 2001 season for BYU where they started that season 12-0 before a lackluster finish due to injuries to both uh, Luke Staley and Brandon Doman. 2014, in my mind, is the closest BYU has come to that quote-unquote special season in some time now because it looked like, and I, I was covering this team at that point, I have attended all of the practices, all of the games throughout that season, and I felt like if Taysom Hill would have stayed healthy, I think BYU puts together that special season, has a 10-plus win season, maybe even makes a run and has a, maybe an 11-1 or a 12-0 season, and is very much in the mix for a conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl game, etc. 
I know at that point it's still the BCS era, if I'm not mistaken, but they would have been in the mix for a bigger bowl game than the Miami Beach Bowl, I feel like. And it's just one of those things you look back on. It's something we're going to be doing over the next two weeks, looking at some of these what ifs. We'll do BYU basketball. We'll do BYU football. We'll even weigh in with some of the other topics for other programs. What if uh, different things happen in BYU men's volleyball? Could they have won multiple national titles here in the 2010s with guys like Taylor Sander leading the way? We can look back at those. So if you guys do have thoughts on these, feel free to weigh in because I'm convinced, and this is just my thought, is that Taysom Hill, man, had he stayed healthy, 2014 was set up to be one of those special years. They'd already entered the national rankings. They were inside the top 20 when he got injured. Who knows how high BYU could have flown that season and, man, what it would have been. But it's cool to see a guy like Taysom Hill kind of postscript now doing what he's doing in the NFL. It makes you think, okay, just one of those, what if he stayed healthy? What if he had had a healthy college career by and large? What could have happened? And we'll never know. But it's one of those things that's fun to look back on. That's what we'll be doing over here over the next week or so right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast as we look back on some of those great moments in BYU sports history. Or I guess not great moments, the what if moments in BYU sports history. What could have been great moments, I guess is what I should say. All right, uh, we'll switch gears, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute today and talk to you about our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources, a company located right there in Provo. The address, 651 Columbia Lane. If you know where Sweets Hawaiian Grill is, one of my favorite places to eat in Provo, you're just down the street from Talacris. They're pretty near the Walgreens there on 5th West, also the Chick-fil-A, etc. You see, you know where I'm talking about. It's really easy to find. But what Talacris is looking for right now is there is a critical need for people to donate their plasma. You're probably wondering, okay, what does a plasma donation do? How does it help people? Well, the plasma that Talacris and the parent company Griffles uh, collects, it goes to making life-saving medications for people with low immune systems. It also helps with plasma therapy for burn victims and research into additional usages of plasma. Of course, right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, plasma has been a hot topic. I've seen multiple conversations and multiple articles on how plasma might be able to uh, fight this disease help people stay healthy, etc., or fight it off the people that are already infected. Well, that's what they're doing. Griffles and Talacris need your donations as they continue this fight here on the front lines against COVID-19 and also helping your fellow man. So if you have an opportunity, if you're able to do so, go donate your plasma. Like I said, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. You can call Talacris at 801-377-1243. They're open most of the day, if not the evening, 5.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Also, 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and they're closed on Sundays. And they're not going to just ask you for your donations and leave you hanging. They're offering you money to donate your plasma. New donors with Talacris Plasma Resources, you can earn up to $525 in your first month donating. And if you're a returning donor, you can earn up to $475 a month. And that could be a real help during this time. A lot of us have been affected by the economic downturn due to the pandemic. We're seeing record numbers of unemployment, people getting furloughed, etc. If you need some extra money, you'd like to put it back into your pocket, check out our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. They need your donations. I can't reiterate how important it is right now. There's a critical need for these donations of plasma, so go check them out. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Give them a call if you've got additional questions. It's Talacris Plasma Resources, 801-377-1243. Big thank you to 
Cal's Chris Plasma Resources for sponsoring us here on Locked on Cougars. Getting close to wrapping up here on a Monday edition of the podcast. I wanted to talk about something cool that BYU Sports and BYU Athletics is doing this week. All this week, they're calling it Hanging with the Cougs, and it'll be fun stuff all week long for BYU sports fans. So, for example, today, uh, Moves with Cougs is sponsored by Woodside Homes, a dance class taught by the BYU Cougarettes on Instagram Live. Uh, follow them at BYU Cougarettes on Instagram. That's at 12 o'clock Mountain Time. And they'll also be streaming games on Facebook. Some of the great games in BYU sports across the different programs in the athletic department. This evening you can watch BYU number three ranked Cougars against number one UC Irvine from 2013 in BYU men's volleyball. And then at seven o'clock it'll be BYU men's basketball number 18 ranked BYU against Arizona uh, at the Energy Solutions Arena which was called then in Salt Lake City. That'll be at seven o'clock on Facebook so go follow BYU Athletics on Facebook you can watch those games. There's fun stuff going on throughout the week. We'll talk about them each week as the podcast rolls on, but something fun to do each and every day as you hang on with the Cougs. Check it out at BYUCougars.com if you want more details on it. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on before we go today is uh, Jeff Call in the Deseret News had a phenomenal interview with former BYU football head coach Bronco Mendenhall. I think the juiciest part of it was in was it late in the interview and you can go to Deseret.com and read this entire interview. I would encourage you to do so. But he said, uh, Deseret News asked the question, in your news conference today was announced that you were leaving for Virginia. You said you did not want to play BYU, though BYU was on the schedule in the future. Uh, BYU and Virginia previously had a game scheduled in 2019 that was pushed back to 2021, which is scheduled to be in Provo. The two teams also have a home-and-home in 2023 in Charlottesville and 2025 in Provo. The question was asked, do you still feel that way about playing BYU? Here's Bronco Mendenhall's quote. I do. There are many. There are a lot of simple reasons. BYU is a very special place in my heart. I'll always have a hard time not pulling for them because of my faith. It's a cleaner break, and it's cleaner for me to support, obviously, rather than to have to be a competitor. The next part is I've learned here at UVA that there are so many good programs that are really geographically close. We've traveled to Oregon. We've traveled to Boise, and it really made no sense to me. They had scheduled UCLA and USC before as well. I was opposed to that scheduling philosophy and I am now. I inherited that game in that series. I've asked for BYU to work and and not play the game, but I think they would like to. Now let me stop here. That's a very interesting tidbit that Bronco Mendenhall has reached out to BYU to say, hey, can we avoid playing this game? I don't blame BYU for playing it. Obviously, as an independent, you want to play as many Power 5 programs, regardless of if the the team you're going to face off against is your former head coach. I think it's tough for Bronco. I absolutely believe him when he says that. He's a straight shooter. He always has been. I can say that without un, with unequivocally, I can say that Bronco Mendenhall, he doesn't just go out there and say things to say things. He is very much a guy, you ask him a good question, you get a good answer. And it's interesting to hear him say that he reached out to BYU about playing Playing that, but I also think it's interesting to say that he's he's against playing games across the country, and that's a very interesting tidbit because we're seeing high money games, or I guess we should say body bag games for programs from all over the country. Programs traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast, BYU going from the Mountain Time Zone all the way to the Eastern Time Zone, especially in this case when 2023 when they go to Charlottesville, it's going to be very interesting. But Bronco Mendenhall thinks that he should play more geographically oriented. And I don't blame him. So let's continue on here. Uh, It says that 
I, it really makes very little sense for us from a football perspective for us to play that game. We could easily play anyone that's one state away and have a very similar strength of schedule than traveling a couple time zones away and what that looks like on the season. There's the personal part of wanting to support and always wanting success for BYU and the reality that it's a long ways away for the kids out here and for our program. Much different than playing in a bowl game, unquote. Interesting. Bronco that screams of a little bit of a P5 mentality where he doesn't want to travel to BYU because they're not a Power 5 program. But BYU is not going to let him out of this. It's just my opinion. Unless Bronco is willing to pay whatever it costs to pay out that game, and I'm guessing it's in the millions of dollars to cancel a game of that magnitude for BYU, this game's going to get played. So the follow-up question was asked, so we may see you on the sidelines of the Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2021. Bronco Mendenhall responded, quote, yeah, you could. For now, it's still on the schedule. I don't think BYU has any intent not to play the game. I made my hopes clear at the press conference, and I've maintained that throughout. If so, it would be in a very unique set of circumstances to be back to the place where I once coached, unquote. Very interesting. And I, I understand that Bronco Mendenhall doesn't want to play this game, but like I said, unless he wants to pay the buyout fee for those games against BYU, I'm expecting you're going to see uh, Uncle Mendenhall, Robert Anai, Marky Atuwaya, all of the former coaches from BYU, Kelly Papinga, etc. You're going to see them back on the sidelines at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2021 unless they take another job. But in this interview, Bronco says it'd be very hard for him in his mind to take another head coaching job because he doesn't see himself as a lifer coaching. So both very intriguing and insightful comments there from Bronco Mendenhall. There are more of them. We'll talk more about them throughout the week here on the podcast as well uh, because we're out of time here. But interesting to hear him say he doesn't want to play that game and he's talked to BYU about doing it. But it sounds like BYU is going to hold firm and make that game be played unless that buyout is paid by the University of Virginia and potentially Bronco Mendenhall himself. And if he were to do that, can you imagine the uproar that would cause? All right, we can discuss that later on this week on the podcast. But a big thank you to all of you who have supported the podcast. Fun Monday on the show. Of course, it will be talking BYU sports all week long here on the podcast. So make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify, the subscribe button if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you're listening in from. That way you never miss an episode of the show. And feel free to weigh in with your thoughts as well on social media. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off off your first order and also go check out our friends at Talacris Plasma Resources there's that urgent critical need for plasma donations so go see them 651 Columbia Lane in Provo 801-377-1243 is their phone number to learn more about what they're trying to do at Talacris Plasma Resources have a great rest of your Monday whenever you hear this we'll talk to you guys soon this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 11th 2020 we will talk to you tomorrow